Hello and welcome to the Android Central Podcast. My name is Daniel Bader. This week on the show, Google dropped a Pixel 6 on us and uh, it was on a Monday, so nobody was expecting it except for the people that were pre-briefed on it, but uh, we won't go there. And uh, Nest has launched a bunch of new cameras in some form or another, and uh, we'll talk about all those because it's long overdue. And uh, Samsung Unpacked is next week, folks. I'm sure you haven't heard anything about that for the last God knows how long, but the rumors keep on coming, and eventually those rumors will turn into fact, and next week we'll actually be able to talk about the products. But until then, more rumors. And then finally, we have a, a shutdown date for Sprint's 3G network. It's happening, folks. It's it's coming. I It's weird. I don't... CDMA can can die, but uh, <laughs> talking about all of these things with me, Jerry Hildenbrand, how are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm all right. Thanks for asking. R. Wagner, what's going on? Um, There's a lot of rain here, which I'm happy for, but all the thunder keeps missing me, which I'm not happy for. Oh, yeah. You got one without the other. Yeah, I want thunder. You got the bad without the good. Yeah, I, I, if I'm going to have a thunderstorm, I want good rumbly, like shake the windows of the house thunder. Yeah, you, you clearly don't have a dog. No, no pets. That's all I'm saying. And uh, Nick Sutrick, how are you? Fantastic. Welcome back. Yes, I, I guess if we're talking about the weather, it decided to be fall here this week, which is a very welcome but interesting and strange change. I don't know what to do. You love you love winter. You're the only person I know that like looks forward to snow. I can't wait. <laughs> I think that's a mental condition. Yeah, I think so too. It's called being Canadian. I'm gonna go with the opposite, but yeah. All right. Well, I'm just happy. Andre DeGrasse won the gold in the 200 meters. So I'm I'm just I'm feeling very patriotic today. He also won the bronze in the 100 meter. Um, but. Uh, you know, maybe we can talk about the Olympics at the end because I've inadvertently become an Olympics fan over the last few days. Uh, but let's let's jump right in. Let's talk about the Pixel Six. So Monday uh, around noon, Google decided to do its thing and drop a lot of information about the Pixel Six and Six Pro. We know that it'll be they'll be called the Pixel Six and Six Pro. They announced the name of the SOC that we'd been expecting. This GS101 Whitechapel codenamed SOC. It's going to be called the Google Tensor. Uh, we don't know tons about it yet, but that's all. That's what we know for now. We know the colors that the Pixel 6 and Pixel 6 Pro will be available in. And generally, we just know that it's all going to be coming later this fall. So Google um, gave us a tantalizing amount of information um, but not enough to really sate our curiosity. So, Ara, let's start with 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 you. Give us the sort of rundown of what Google announced, and then we'll get into the details. Okay, so despite all of the words and all of the wonderful things that came out of Monday, we technically only got about five things out of that announcement. We got the names for, we got the official names for both phones. We got the colors and designs for both phones. We got the number of cameras. We got the we, we have the name for Google's in-house chip, which we knew they were using. And I think what was the last one? I think that might have been it. It might have only been four. Well, we got partial specs. Not really. 
screen size and that kind of stuff. I don't know if that came from Google or if that was just the people who were pre-briefed who can't seem to agree whether well, or not the Pixel 6 is going to be 90 hertz or 120 hertz. Still came from, came from Google, even if it was told to us by people that were pre-briefed. This is true. You have to count it. Sure. And we got partial specs, but not all of them. And we didn't get... We didn't get a release date, we didn't get a price, and we don't didn't get where it's going to be, which is important because Pixel 5a is only releasing in two countries. We have no clue how many markets the Pixel 6 and 6 Pro are going to launch in. I can tell you the answer. The markets that can afford them. Google, at the end of the day, is still a business. So this is, this is Google really going all out, finally, as we had hoped, on a flagship. Uh, we did get some specs, and let's talk about them. The Pixel 6 will have a 6.4-inch 1080p display. It's going to be flat. It'll be 90 hertz. It's going to have 8 gigs of RAM, 128 or 256 gigs of storage, uh, presumably. Um, the camera, Google did not really go into detail on this, but it did say that the Pixel 6 will have a regular wide-angle and an ultra-wide, and the Pixel 6 Pro will have the same plus that 4X telephoto, the folded periscope lens um and that obviously the pixel 6 will have a smaller battery than the pixel 6 pro but you know this is a big step up in terms of camera performance the pixel 6 pro looks like it'll have a curved glass display slightly larger at 6.771 inches 120 hertz uh plastic oled so all of these things kind of confirmed what we are already suspected about these uh, we also know that these will be flagships. Rick Osterloh told The Verge that Google is finally doing it. It's going after that Galaxy S21 Ultra, iPhone 12 Pro Max, you know, market. And this will be its its first real salvo to try to capture those enthusiasts. Yeah. Google tried this once before. Yeah. Remember, everybody remember the Nexus 6? that Google hyped and it was top of the line in every way. And then it came out being just as expensive as phones from Samsung or Apple and everybody hated it. Well, but at the time people were expecting the Nexus to be dirt cheap. So yeah, it was a shock. It was also a boat. Literally. Yeah, it, was, it, was, it was a boat. Yeah, you but, could float but big phones back when they were a boat. Uh, it's it's it's, a, it's <laughs> it fitting that they named the code name for that phone after a whale because I mean oh my god yes. guys that's just too big to be easy to use. I'm pretty sure it was the same size as the Note Three, probably, probably. But both the Pixel Six and the Six Pro are larger than you know the Pixel Five, and I've seen a lot of people talk about uh, the size creep, as you know we've seen for generations now. That's not creep. But, that's a jump. <laughs> well, okay, yes, it is, but. You know, Google seems to be kind of all over the place with the sizes. Like, they can't really decide what size works for them. Like, does one sell better than the other? Are they just throwing stuff at the wall? Is this just the design? Like, what what is the deal here? I had a dream once that flagship makers would do a small flagship one year and then do the large screen flagship the other ship the other year. And maybe Pixel's doing that because last year was the perfect size. We didn't get quite as much in the way of other features we didn't get the camera upgrade that we wanted but otherwise the pixel 5 was a decent phone and this year we're getting all top of the line specs all all of that and we're getting these nice big sizes well i'm pretty sure google knows which android phones are in use the most 
And if uh, I'm going to assume if they really want to sell these, they built the phones with the screen sizes that more people buy and use. That's just a guess. But Google knows exactly which phone you use every time you go to Google Play. Yeah, but that's not the division that makes phones. And that division has to be separated from the rest of Google. But they're allowed to share analytics. I mean... Sure. And and I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't the largest iPhone, like iPhone 12, the one that is selling the best right now? The largest everything. No idea, but it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I, I, I swear I saw that somewhere, but we'll just go with it for, you know, the sake of the conversation. Regardless of whether it's the, the top seller in units, this is a clear <clears throat> line in the sand around, you know, it, it goes it goes back to that idea that the larger pixel is going to be a better phone for, you know, like or not even the pixel, but just the bigger phone has better specs, right? That we are, aside from battery and screen size, which have typically been the differentiators in the pixel line, Google's actually doing the camera differentiator on this phone, which is what Samsung and Apple have been doing forever, right? Google's never really separated its cameras between sizes before. I'm actually surprised given the design that they're doing this too, because you have the giant bar and you based the on room. the way they presented it, put yeah. it in there. like that bar exactly. is pretty much the exact same distance across. And it just means that there's a empty space in there. Like what else could it's you have put in there? Magic. Nothing. And that's what makes it probably three, $400 cheaper. Oh, the Pixel 6 is not going to be three or $400 cheaper. There's no way. It might. I mean, the Galaxy S21 is, what, $400, $300, dollars cheaper than the S21 Ultra? Yeah, that's, that's what I was going off of. I mean, Google could get away with that if Samsung can get away with it and Apple can get away with it. Yeah. I mean, look at the Pixel 4 and 4XL, right? That was, what, 800 and... No, it was 7 forget the, the price. I thought it was, I thought it was 700 I, I expect to see a $100 price gap. Even no, the Pixel 4 XL was more than it, 800 It was like 900 for the, the regular XL. Mm. Like not not the upper storage one, the, the base storage model. I, I got the base storage model 4 and it was 800 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. It was... It's hard finding the original yeah, prices of things now because everything is like a real-time price tracker yeah. on google i need camel 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 for the world of smartphones and i didn't remember that i just had to send it back and i got an invoice for what it cost <laughs> yeah, there you I had go to send it back like i could go back in my amazon purchase history but you know that was what two years ago now so that's it's a long list of okay, things so it is 900 so it was only a hundred dollars more than the than the pixel 4 right but there wasn't a substantial was, difference right it was just Bigger. Yeah, and with no other bigger battery, bigger screen. That's it. There was no additional cameras. The difference, though, is that the Pixel 4 was... I mean, l- let's kind of look... So there's there's two narratives here. One is how the Pixel 6 line fits in with the previous Pixels. And then there's how the Pixel 6 line competes with the best of its competitors, Samsung and Apple specifically. If you look back at the Pixel 4 series... The 4 and 4XL were so different, not because the they had 
vastly different specs but because the size of the battery, the 2800 milliamp hour battery in the Pixel 4 made it basically unusable for most people, right? It was just impossible to use on a day-to-day basis to get through the day unless you charged it in mid-afternoon. So the Pixel 4 XL was like the only viable option for most people. And it still wasn't great. It wasn't. No, it really it never but it, it was, was never great. It was big enough to make that bit of difference. My my phone is crying right now. <laughs> Your I, I think that that orange Pixel 4 XL is still my favorite Pixel it's, it's, more so than the Pixel 5. It's my pride and joy. But it still was extremely flawed. It was less flawed than the Pixel 3 and less flawed than like every, we went over this a couple weeks ago, right? right? Every single Pixel has have has had these really jaw-dropping flaws that kept them out of people's hands. I don't know. The Pixel 3, I mean, other than price, I think that was the best phone Google's ever made. It's funny because I, I hated, agree with you I hated the Pixel 3. <laughs> the Pixel 3, after a few months of updates, got to be really, yes. really reliable. Uh, unless you had the camera shut off bug well, or wouldn't start bug or whatever that was that not everybody had. Uh, there, There wasn't really after a few months there wasn't much to complain about yeah but i think that's the problem with that phone like the fact that that phone took several months of updates to even become decent at least oh, that phone could Google become phone. decent the pixel 4 your battery was set it was never going to get better right well no no it got better but we're talking like a half an hour yeah no better. it couldn't it couldn't get to the point where it was supposed to be originally right it's google's idea of using software to control your battery just didn't work also i think we're being too kind to the fact that um like the pixel sense technology has just since been abandoned and that google did not really do anything with it you know with like motion sense for any real use cases and that the 3d face unlocking which was amazing got abandoned after a single generation We know why we, yeah. they did so that, much right? Wasted potential. No, <laughs> it was too much work for them to get it um, legalized and processed and whatever. Like they couldn't do the Pixel Four in India because of the face unlock. Hey, you might be onto something. Yeah, that's that's true because like that I was think just such a launched... logistical hurdle for something that not a whole lot of people used. Apart the from radio, the radio, yeah. yeah, the radio frequency right. is outright banned from being used for consumer tech in a in a number of countries in Asia. So it's one of those yeah. things of you were never going to be able to sell phones using that tech here. And Google's like, well, we want to sell phones in India, so we better come up with something else. Now, granted, that was available in 38 countries when the Pixel 4 launched, whereas thus far, the Pixel 5 launched in what, nine countries? Oh, no. And we'll, it was... we'll, we'll get to the Pixel 6 rumor in a minute, but, you know, that looks like even fewer. <laughs> Actually, let's let's go back to the Pixel Six because I don't want to lose um, our train of thought. Jerry, walk us through s- this Tensor announcement because we'd we'd sort of been expecting. Yeah. Google is putting a lot of emphasis on the fact that this is this is sort of built around the same fundamentals as its TPUs, the Tensor processing units that it uses in its yeah. cloud um, infrastructure. But walk us through exactly what it means to have a TPU in its chip, in in this SOC, and how it will impact day-to-day use cases. Uh, A TPU, and and I'm writing something about this because it's such a fun and cool thing to talk about. 
the a tensor. There's a lot of definitions for it, but the one that counts is it's a mathematical construct that you use in very advanced mathematics, the kind of mathematics you need for machine learning. And a, a TPU is basically a, a, a chip that a lot of companies use. Google actually puts one in their servers in the cloud, some servers, and, and really all it does is it processes the algorithms behind pieces of software that use artificial intelligence and machine learning. Uh, Google really, really stressed that. That's really the only thing they told us about the chip, that this is there for amazing and incredible on-device machine learning and AI. And, you know, if they live up to the promise, then yes, it will be noticeably better. They can do more. Uh, the the existing, and, excuse me, and rumored pixel features like live uh, translation that, you know, or your camera, these are going to get better, but there are new features that Google can produce because they have such a powerful way to uh, perform the calculations built onto the phone. Unfortunately, they didn't tell us anything else. Which, I mean, the, if you wanted to ask me to guess right now, I would guess that you're getting something that's about as powerful as the Snapdragon 768 with really high-end machine learning processing built in that will take a lot of load off the, the main comp compute cores. And it'll run, you know, it'll run better than the Pixel 5 did, but when you start doing things like benchmarking or playing games, you might not see the performance you expect. It, I think it follows that line. Yeah. Go ahead. Daniel. So Dieter bone of the verge got to interview, uh, the, the team behind the pixel six. And one of the demos that they did was basically to show how, as Jerry mentioned, you'll be able to offload compute power or compute load to the TPU in areas where machine learning is just more efficient, right? So you have um, photography was used as an example. It's going to be better able to process photos. Um, it'll do a better job stitching photos together more quickly, et cetera, et cetera. And what it looks like is that Google is going to use this idea of computational photography as a sort of a stand-in for for just like sheer horsepower, right? Like you'll be able yeah. to say, your phone will be will be able to play every game on the Play Store. It'll be able to do everything that's needed, even though it's not technically as powerful as something that Qualcomm released, you know, this, the, the 888 or something like that. But what the Pixel 6 will do better than anything Qualcomm has released is through this TPU. Like Google's right. building that feature from the start into its playbook that it'll be, you know, Google, uh, Qualcomm always likes to talk about millions or trillions of, of um, pr you know, processes per second when it comes to its machine learning stuff. Google will just be like, look, you're going to take photos. They're going to be better than anything you can take on, a pix on, on, a, on an iPhone or a Galaxy. We're going to do video better than we've ever done it before. Like that's all the demo you really need. And that, I mean, a lot of people did not like video on Pixel phones. Uh, 
and it wasn't it didn't match up very well with how good the photography was uh this this is a way to fix that uh, you know i can see how they could incorporate the same type of machine learning that they use for photographs and be able to do it on the fly and apply it to video as well so i expect to see a lot a lot better video uh i mean qualcomm that's interesting because Qualcomm both, you know, quickly turned around and said that Google hasn't abandoned the Snapdragon platform. And I I believe that Google is, you know, this isn't a chip you're going to see in your earbuds or probably won't even see in the Pixel 6a if it ever gets released. Qualcomm makes the perfect processor for that. Google will probably still keep using it. Uh, and then there were some rumors that had been kicked around for a few months. Uh, you know, this probably is manufactured by samsung it's probably a five nanometer chip we have to say probably because we just don't know google didn't didn't say anything like that and when they were uh, questioned them about it they said that more details will be coming as we get closer to a release this fall yeah yeah i mean there's lots of rumors around how powerful it is whether it's going to be a, a variant of like a an exodus processor which sounds like a will yeah, that's um, probably a good call, a good way to, you know, to to say it. That think of that snaps or uh, Samsung Exynos that wasn't quite as good as the Qualcomm, but then tack something on it that makes a third of what you do amazingly better and takes a third of the load away from it. Right, is is you know a good way to think about it. I mean, even even if we look at um, other AI advances in chips right you take a look at dlss on the pc side for nvidia gpus right you have right. the same gpu running a game at you know 50 percent higher frame rate in some cases you're talking more than a typical generational leap and it's you know i say simply but simply because it's now using those dedicated types of chips for ai yes. processing to do this That's work so it doesn't need to be some crazy horsepower you know, chip, it just needs to be smart. And that's the perfect example I wish I had thought of. Yeah, there you go. And, and based on everything Google has done up until now with computational photography, even in Android 12 with that machine learning rotation, what seems to be nonsense, you know, every angle they're pushing on this is from the work smarter, not harder t line of thinking. I guess the question here is, so Google is not saying price. They're not not disclosing the price, but it will be probably over $1,000 for the Pro. And my question is, when somebody buys a Galaxy S21 or any flagship Android phone, are they taking... I'm talking about normal people, not us who do this for <laughs> a living. Are they taking the Qualcomm Snapdragon version into account? What is what is convincing them to spend more money on a Galaxy S21 versus like a Galaxy A52? Prestige and lack of understanding. People see Galaxy and they think it's the best. They see S and they think that S is higher than A, which it is. That's part of why Samsung labels them the way that they do. But it's also a matter of nobody... Nobody wants to be on a cheap phone. Everybody wants to be on a flagship. Everybody wants to be on the latest phone, especially because they buy one generally every three to five years. And I, I get Pixel being one of those things of, okay, ideally this phone will last longer because since it's 
Google's chip, we're going to get support for a longer duration. We, we hope. hope. We hope. We hope. The question, though, like what I'm getting at is there are, there are new numbers out of Korea. Not sure if they're verified, but there are new numbers that are that's saying the S21 lineup is selling in fewer numbers, significantly fewer numbers than the S20, which sold in significantly fewer numbers than the S10 lineup. And it's not that Samsung is selling fewer phones, because it's not. It's that it's selling a lot more Galaxy A phones. And yeah. we've we've spoken about this many times. The Galaxy A series is Samsung's most important line by far. It's very good today. It's It wasn't very good two years ago. And there was a reason you might want to spend a lot of money on a Galaxy S. Today, there are fewer reasons to spend that much money. And Google is kind of diving into this new price bracket headfirst, trying to understand, you know, I'm just trying to understand why Google thinks it's a good time to do that. Other than we've been working on this Tensor chip for four years, and it's <laughs> finally time to put it in a product that needs the, you know, the, that needs the power. I mean, it's also one of those things of Google's, like Pixel software, Pixel has the, like, hands down, Pixel has the best call screening software in the world yeah like if you use a pixel and then you go to a galaxy you're like oh god look at all the how do how do i get all of this spam and google has a better call screening thing for spam and then you can actually even if it gets through you can be like oh i don't recognize that number screen and then duplex will play out a voice message and talk to them for you which is amazing like for normal people that is a feature that's like okay i'd pay for that so we just so Google just needs to keep presenting opportunities like that. Like the Google, uh the voice recorder for the Pixel voice recorder is amazing, but it's only available for Pixel phones. But it has just amazing dictation automatic dictation and you can seek through by tapping an individual word. Like as somebody who had to do interview notes and had to transcribe packages in college and at my first job, I would have killed for this phone 10 years ago. Yeah, pretty sure Google promised they'd never do that kind of stuff with software on the Pixel 2 when the first one came out. They would never keep features to themselves. I'm, I'm sure there was an asterisk think, in there somewhere. I think that has to do with yeah. Android features, not app features. And unfortunately, the Pixel, di- uh, the Pixler, Pixel Dialer and the Pixel Voice Recorder are apps, not system. Yeah, but Duplex isn't. Duplex is available that, on other phones. Just nobody. Yeah, but du- Duplex should be able to screen calls on my Galaxy S21. Stop. It tells me suspected spam and still lets it come through. What the hell, Samsung? Samsung just needs to get a better. I don't know who their part. I'm trying to remember who they're at because they're because all these manufacturers, they don't do the call screening software themselves. They pay somebody else to make that. Right. And then they just tack it into the right. phone, which is why you can get third party um, call blockers instead and install those and use those. Right, and some carriers do it too. Like I know T-Mobile does its own call yeah, screening. Yeah, AT&T has one too. So right, so that there's a lot of levels to that whole thing. Yeah, but I think for Google, it's one of those things of when you get a good feature and Pixel cameras being as good as they are, if they can apply that to video, which so many of us are taking so much more of these days, and then add in these extra pepper in these extra little features that they seem small but they're vitally important to the overall experience of owning this phone. I think that's a good way for Pixel to differentiate itself and try and lure people in even with that flagship price point. 
Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think any of this is incorrect. But when you look at the mountain that Google has to climb here, this is not a hill. This is a mountain. I don't know what what constitutes success in this context, right? What what numbers does the Pixel Six have to sell in for Google to con- to consider it a success? And is this, you know, Google just announced massive earnings. It's not in danger of losing money anytime soon. So it, of course, can throw away a little bit of it on this project. But if this is still just a project, I'm not going to feel comfortable recommending. I mean, I maybe that's not that's not fair. I always rec- I was, I, I always feel comfortable recommending like the Pixel A series to people. I think that's actually one of the best budget phones you can buy. But would I recommend a Pixel 6 over a Galaxy S whatever? I'm not sure, right? And and we'll have to see later this year whether Google can release a phone without like massive fundamental flaws. But I want to give the company the benefit of the doubt and I want to understand why now is the right time to go all in. And That's that's harsh. There's going to be bugs. There's going to be lots of bugs. If Samsung wrote the software, the Galaxy S would release with tons of bugs. But Samsung doesn't. They have 99% of it written for them by Google. All they have to do is test it and fix anything that applies to their phone. It's not, that's not saying it's not true. Uh, and I do believe that you're going to see just as many bugs on the Pixel 6 as you did on the 5 or the 4 or the 3. Oh, I'm expecting more because it's, it's new silicon and that always comes with testing things i'm hoping they get quickly addressed that's that's the best that i i'm going to ask for is that google doesn't pretend like they aren't happening or they say something like we can't reproduce it and just instead of wasting time to do that they just get start on fixing it Mm -hmm. yeah i get it no no i do but i i do think it's worth i'm not i'm not necessarily questioning the hardware or whether the hardware will be good, nor am I questioning the marriage of hardware and software, because when it works, Google's the best in the business, period. I'm questioning whether the strategy of this this ping-pong, TikTok, you know, like, we're going after the high-end market. Oh, sorry, we're not. Okay, we're back. But actually, we're doing it more and better this time. You know, is next year, if, if they don't sell in the numbers that they're expecting are they just going to go back go back to a pixel 7 that's 499 and well no. looks like the pixel 5 like it's it's unclear whether this strategy is sustainable later well, now that we have like when it was go- bouncing back and forth that was because that was the only phone that google sold now that we have the a series the a series can be like okay this is going to be the it's what this is going to be the one that sells in numbers even though it's only releasing two places and that absolutely kills me because the Pixel 5a is the one that needs to launch in more countries. But the A series is going to be able to, okay, this can attack like the mid-range where more and more of our consumers are. And we can use the flagship to lure people in. We can market the hell out of it. And we can prove that we can actually do premium properly because we haven't quite gotten there on any of the previous Pixels. And we can also use that as a testament to, okay, Here's how our silicon, how well our silicon works in phones. Do you want to use that in any of your phones? So it's one of those. I think it. Oh, uh, 
I don't think Google's going to be in the market of selling chips. No, that's a can of worms that they. I think they're smart enough to realize they're not ready for that yet. Yet, but in a couple of years, like they still not ready. <laughs> Ten years, still not ready. This is Google. <laughs> I gotta have hope in something, Jerry. But also, I mean, I want them to use the pix like the regular Pixel series to go and try and do flagship better than anybody. And try and focus in on, okay, take the best cameras and the best video in the world on a smartphone. And then I want them to use the A-series to help bring that Pixel software to more people and also be at a price point that people can actually afford. Like, the rest of my family uses a Pixel, uh, uses either the Pixel 3a or the Pixel 3a XL because most of them wanted the bigger screen. And whenever they're due for a renewal, I'm probably going to recommend whatever the A-series is at that time. Because it's a good phone. It's a good mid-range phone. I'm pissed that we didn't get any Pixel 5a news with all this Pixel 6 drop on Monday. Because that phone needs to release soon. And we haven't had a peep out of Google yet about it. But I, I still think the Pixel 6 could be useful as a premium phone. I still, they've, they needed to change up their strategy because their strategy for the last five years didn't work. This is a strategy that I think is easier for them to try while well, still being safe. This is the same strategy if you just... What if this was supposed to have been the Pixel 5? Then it fits right in line with everything else they've done. Uh, you know, with since the 3, the 4, and the 5, make a, a high-priced, high-end right. Pixel. Technically, the 5 is the series, Right. And and yes, you're right. We have the A series for the mid range for all that stuff. Did did you know COVID or you know manufacturing constraints or something? What if that affected it and just they had to make a big pivot? I mean, in 2020 and 2021. Based on everything that's happened with the Pixel series, it probably has something to do with logistics. Because how many times have we heard? Oh, well, this Pixel has you know this issue because we weren't able to finalize a decision on this team or, you know, we hadn't finished buying HTC yet or, you know, whatever. Just there have always been excuses with the Pixel line, legitimate or not, but they have never been able to get the logistics down to get something proper out, basically. And they did buy uh, HTC's phone division back in 2017. So this has been four years. Right. But Pixel 3a was the first fruits of that in 2019 pixel 4a last year and 4a 5g right like this is a, this has been a long time coming and i want to acknowledge that so i'm not by any means shitting on this on these phones i am more excited about the pixel 6 than i am about any other phone and that includes the new foldables coming from samsung i really really think these are going to be great products i'm you just concerned that company credit card <laughs> <laughs> I'm just concerned that I'm not going to be able to get one. No, I, I'm just concerned that Google's biting off more than it can chew. But again, it's Google. Who knows? They're probably biting off more than they can chew because they can afford it. If they don't sell any, Google doesn't. I mean, Osterlo and his team, they care. But in the end, Google doesn't care. They're making so much money everywhere else, they won't even notice it. All right, let's finish off this discussion. Um, talking about some of the colors. So, Nick, you wrote this funny, interesting editorial about how 
The colors are a clear nod to Google's past, present, and future. Walk us through the colors, walk us through the design elements about uh, of these phones and kind of give us an idea of what you're talking about here. All right. So um, in our initial discussion after these were, you know, the news was dropped, you know, I kind of noticed, I'm like, well, it seems like all of these colors pull from some other phone in the past. So you have like the yellow or gold, I think it's probably gold variant kind of lines up with the Nexus 6P, which, you know, also shares significant similarities in design. And then you also have the silver or aluminum one that kind of matches up with that as well. Um, the camera bar, obviously, like we talked about before, there's, there's this big old honking Cylon-esque camera bar, which I love. I love that look. I think the 6P is probably my favorite looking Google device there was. Um, the other interesting thing about that, too, is, um, I guess, taking from the Pixel 4's design, this one does not have a fingerprint sensor on the back, which would make it, I believe, the only other Google phone besides the Pixel 4 that does not have that fingerprint sensor on the back. Instead, it's, it's using a in-screen fingerprint sensor, which I, I hate, but I really hope that the newer ones are just better because every one I've ever used has been highly disappointing. <laughs> I don't know about you all. I just am not a fan of them. No, oh, they suck. Completely. <laughs> They're really not great. Some are fine. Like the ones in the OnePlus phones are fine. The ones in the A series yeah. that I have tried have been fine, but that's because they're optical and not the ultrasonic that Samsung keeps insisting on using. Right. They're fine, yeah. yeah, but they're not as good as the one on the back of a super cheap Pixel 4a. Correct. Correct. Right. And that's what kills me about that. I'm like, I just, I know you guys want to go with, you know, fancy schmancy. This has got to be a flagship or whatever, but. Please just keep the thing that works. Um, you have the panda look, which, you know, who didn't like the panda look, right? From the Pixel 2 particularly. And that that is more so for the silver or whatever that color is, Pixel 6. Because you've got the, you know, the main part of it is, I guess, whitish silver. And then above the camera bar is a darker silver color. What was interesting going into these orange and green varieties is they used much more muted colors than the other phones that they share, you know, that I guess the color name with. I really am not sure what I think about the orange one, just because I'm like that little teeny strip on the top looks so great. But man, why didn't we go for the orange? I swear to God, nice dark orange for the rest of it. It needs to be pink. (laughs) (sighs) Oh, No, like, I mean, in all of the renders, when you see it next to the other pixels, it's like, yeah, that looks pink. And then when you see it by yourself, I'm like, wait a second, is that orange? But, I mean, the Pixel 4 was the same way. I'm like, if I'm looking at my Pixel 4 here in my basement office, it looks orange. And it's because of the lighting. Whereas I'll go outside and it has like this, I don't know, salmon-y sort of pinkish hue to it. It almost looks coral, depending on the, the, the light you look at. Well, wasn't that the name? Uh, it, no, it, it was, was oh so orange. Yes, which is okay, hilarious. Just what they gave the name to the same exact color on other devices. Coral like, was for the Nest device. Or co- sorry, was for it the. It was a code name, wasn't it? No, Coral was for the Nest Hub and the Nest Audio. All right, and the case, the case for your Pixel Four was Coral. Yes, I I have to say though. Okay, so somebody pointed out that the Nexus Five was the first orange phone. The Nexus Five was not orange; it was red. 
Well, mine's mine's orange. It's, it's totally it's red. It's orange I swear now. By it. It's orange. It's been baked by the sun. Look at it next to the lid of a Jif peanut butter <laughs> jar. It's orange. It's orange. All right, it's whatever. Orange. It's orange. You're all are colorblind. Looks like a man in a safety vest. <laughs> it's not like super orange, but it depends on the light. Yeah, it's, it's I, I more think orange than that's not. another one that you know depends on the picture, depends on the angle. They like to use these obscure colors, and then you also have the sage. Jake from Minneapolis is going to be very happy. Keep going. <laughs> You also have the Sage, which somebody pointed out was on the Nexus 5X. And honestly, I forgot that phone existed. So my bad on that one. <laughs> I I pulled that from the Pixel 5 because when I think of the Pixel 5, I think of Sage Green. I don't know about you all, but. Oh, yeah, that's true. But yeah, no, I remember that Pixel 5X or that Nexus yeah. 5X very vividly because that was the one I had. Is, did I say Nexus or Pixel? Yeah, no, I don't even know. Jeez. Anywho, the yes. Pixel Nexus. 5X leaked. Let's Pixel write it. 5X, there you go. No, yeah. Nexus 5X. There you go. The boot looping one. That's the one. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I have one that is in say, mint green, whatever it was called, and boot loops. That's right. I, so I've got you covered. I, That's a collector's edition. Exactly. And I just, I love that Google is going for these colors. I love that they are not afraid to use these bizarre colors. And, you know, here's, here's two different colors on a phone that, uh, might be questionable decision in some cases, but you know what? Go for it. Let's let's see it. I mean, but the two questionable ones are both of the Pixel uh, Pixel Six colors that aren't black. Like for the Pro, you get gold, you get silver, and you get black, so you don't really have a color so much as a metal choice. And for the Pixel Six, it's questionable pink, orange, questionable green, yellow, and black. Like, of all the colors you could have homaged, could nobody just do the cobalt blue from the original Pixel? Like, come on, give me a bold, beautiful color. I get why they did pastel. I don't like the reason that they did pastel. And I don't like it for this exact reason. It just doesn't look great. Again, these are renders. We don't know what they're going to look like in person. Right, exactly. And let's be fair, you're going to put a case on it, and it's probably not going to show any of the color, so... Whatever. Clear cases are beautiful <laughs> too. Case on it. I mean, yeah, I use a clear case on my orange Pixel Four because, again, I love the color and I want it to look that way. I'm going to end up putting medical tape on the side of mine because it's got a damn curved screen on it. Or you could just get the regular Pixel Six, Jerry. No, Daniel's buying me the Pro Six Pro. I ain't letting him get off cheap. Man, nobody, nobody wants that plebe trash. I do. I want the smaller. Yeah, I like the, the mo- Pixel Six colors better than the Six Pro. Yeah. So. I, I like the colors better. I just don't want the the lower end phone. I want like the right, you know, the triple camera and all that nonsense. Give it all to me, and I want the color oh, yeah. too. I mean, how often do you use the telephoto lens on whatever Samsung? All the time. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah, as somebody who yes. can't use their feet to move, like photography I don't, classes. I don't tell have you, that excuse. Use your feet. I use the telephoto lens a lot. It, it's one of those things where I used to shy away from it before phones had telephoto lenses. But once we got them, right. it finally started making sense to do this. I'm like, well, what? why would I go walk up to the thing? It's right there. I'll just, whoop, there you go. Because done. the pictures on every telephoto lens I've ever seen in a camera are trash. Because they, because like, oh, here, here's a 50 megapixel camera for your main sensor. Here's 12 for your telephoto. Yeah, and then and then you got chromatic aberration and all that lovely stuff. Yeah. So yes, I I I get your point, but I I'm lazy and I want to be lazy. So there we go. 
Google Tensor is going to fix all that. No, that's right. I will say that's the one thing that Apple did right with all of its cameras. All the cameras have the exact same sensor size and the exact uh, have the same sensor size. So the images look as crisp for the main sensor as they do for the other two cameras. Like that's what I wanted to see from this pixel. Yep. Eh. The the other the other interesting thing that um, I, I kind of wish they had across all of them is the matte black uh, oh, trim around yeah. the whole phone on the regular Pixel 6. But the Pixel 6 Pro is a shiny, glossy metal and blech. <laughs> it's going to get covered in scuffs within a month. Uh-huh. Yep. I know it's just a render, but the only one of these I really like is the Pro in black. Just because of the that camera thing. And like Nick, I liked it on the Nexus 6P, but it was better integrated into the actual body of the phone. This just looks like something they super glued a Lego to the back of the phone. (laughs) And black makes it look the best out of all of them. I I just want to know how much this phone will like teeter-totter if you're tapping or if you're using it flat on a table. Because it's this bar and then it's sloped at the edges. Yeah, it's a bar, but it goes so it wide enough. I don't. I don't think it's gonna wiggle back. You know, side. To I do. Side. I think it's right. gonna wiggle Hopefully. back every single time you go to swipe from one of the edges to go back, because you have to touch on one of the edges. Right. Even if I put my Pixel Four on the table, which has you know that off-center square, it doesn't move very much unless I press the top left, where there literally is no support. Yeah. So I feel like with the camera bar, we we really shouldn't see that issue. It's going to sit slightly at an angle, which, I mean, when we had these like wedge shaped phones or, you know, wider camera humps like that, I liked that better because it it actually makes it easier to pick off the table. Whereas when you have a phone that's just flat against the table, you got to kind of grab it from the side. And especially if it's got curved glass. Oh, my gosh. Good luck not flopping that thing off the table. Cases. Cases will yeah, set well, you, you know. free. All right, that, let's let's finish this conversation. We'll take a break and we'll come back and talk about <laughs> right. some Nest stuff. You can all pine over these colors yourselves. This episode of the Android Central Podcast is brought to you by NordVPN. If you've ever traveled or are looking forward to travel again in the future, you probably need a VPN to protect your internet traffic from insecure and potentially malicious networks. NordVPN is the fastest VPN in the world, and it encrypts all of your traffic. You can place yourself virtually in almost any country in the world. You can get around geo restrictions. You can encrypt your data at places like airports or restaurants. And you really don't need to worry about your traffic being slowed down by an intermediary like a VPN because NordVPN is just that fast. If you have a NordVPN account, You can get up to six devices online at the same time. There's really no difference in slowdown at all. It's an important tool in your internet tool belt that you may not need all the time, but when you do need it, it's invaluable. I'm traveling for the first time in almost a year and a half next week, and I'm absolutely going to use NordVPN to get me connected securely. And if you want to give NordVPN a try yourself, you can go to nordvpn.com slash ACP and use code ACP to get a two-year plan plus a bonus gift at a huge discount. 
right now. That's nordvpn.com slash ACP to get a two-year plan, a bonus gift, and a huge discount. I really think you should try it yourself. All right, so let's uh, let's talk about some of these Nest announcements. There are four new products. I think the most interesting is the new Nest Doorbell along with the Nest Cam. These are um, battery-powered for the first time. Nest has never released a battery-powered smart home device before, and they're going right after Ring and all the other competitors that are that have been putting out um, battery-powered products forever. Nick, give us the rundown of these four products and sort of how they fit into the existing Nest, mar- uh, the, the Nest ecosystem. All right. So um, I think for me, the most exciting part about it might just be the fact that they are battery powered, or at least, you know, several of them are anyway, that the Nest Cam, the Nest Doorbell, um, those two, you can run them on battery, you can wire them up. Uh, it, it's just a lot more flexible than previous Nest products, you know, especially for maybe renters or somebody in a house that can't wire it up for whatever reason. Um, do, do we know, I, I don't want to interrupt you, but do ahead. we know if there's a standalone chime that you can plug in for the Nest battery-powered doorbell? Probably. I think they sell a chime for the current one, yeah? Yeah, if, if so, that's great. It's great if you don't have the right transformer or can't find your doorbell transformer. Right, and, and I... I don't remember if Google sells the the plug or not, but I know like Ring and some of these other companies sell a plain old like 20, 30 foot cable that plugs into a standard wall outlet. So, you know, worse comes to worse, you can do that and it's fine. It'll do the job. Um, another really cool thing is that they're taking away a lot of the reason to have a subscription plan. So you have things like um, on device storage, I think it was three hours of event storage on the device. So that's something you can't do with the current generation. You have some of the detection features, you know, package detection, stuff like that, that is no longer behind the paywall. You have uh, customizable motion zones, again, no longer behind the paywall. So it, it this newer hardware really takes away from the need to have that subscription, which I, I know for me is like the worst part about having yeah. most of these products. I mean, I go with Ring, I go with Arlo, I go with Nest. It doesn't matter. You pretty much always need to have that, you know, minimum $3 a month subscription. And if you buy more than one camera, you're looking at 10 or 15 bucks a month you got to pay for just to get these features. And it's it's really nice to have this stuff out of the box. Um, you know, Getting a subscription will give you more advanced stuff like uh, you have 30 or 60 day uh, cloud storage. You've got familiar face detection, which apparently is not available in Illinois. I always love those <laughs> those mm. kinds of things. Um, <laughs> you've got wait, the, it's not it's not legal in Illinois. Correct. I don't I don't know which law it, it is, but yes, it's it's never been available in Illinois to my knowledge. Should shouldn't be illegal anywhere, or it should be illegal everywhere shouldn't be legal anywhere yeah yeah well you know that's that's how it goes you get like continuous 24 7 video recording um i think existing plans are 10 days for that uh correct me if i'm wrong yeah 10 days you can where you can get up to 60 
think it's 30 days and oh no, it's 10 days and 30 days. Yeah, for event history. And then 24 yeah. 7 video is available for 10 days on, on the current right. plans. I don't know if they've changed that, but I, I don't think so. But um, yeah, it's, it's just, I'm really super happy. One interesting thing about these, especially the camera, is if you're making it like the indoor outdoor one, you can buy a different mount depending on where you're putting it. So like the indoor mount you buy separately, it comes with a cable, you can plug it into a wall or whatever. And then it sits on a stand versus if you're making it an outdoor camera, you buy an outdoor mount that can also come with, I think it's 20 or 30 foot cables that they give you options for. So they have a lot of, uh, they sort of accessorized this a bit more. And it goes the same with the doorbell. The doorbell comes with a 20 degree wedge, but you can also buy additional wedge angles. I don't, I don't know what they are right now, but um, I remember them saying that. So that's, that's a thing. And that's pretty cool. I, I don't know. I just, I like more on, de- on device stuff, which ties in with Google's messaging lately of, you know, again, like back to the tensor stuff, more stuff being done by your device in a more intelligent way. You're not as reliant on subscriptions. And you, they also now have on-device storage, which is awesome. One thing, one thing really, really bothers me, and maybe it's just me. I love the new colors for the doorbell. Uh, why not a brick red? Yes. You know, since that's about 30% all the houses in the like, world. Like, I don't get why there's a pure white, a linen, and no brick. That's true. You have a gray for stone. You don't have pure black if you want it. Although, again, why would you want pure black unless you just have a like brand making new white door? But yeah, I'm the colors here are better, but I don't get half the choices. Uh, Yeah, I'm not real concerned about it. I'll just if if I need to buy a new one, I'll just probably buy a gray one and slap it up there and not care. But I just wonder why they decided against putting a, a brick colored one to match people's homes. I don't know. I mean, based on the style of the thing, this, I feel like clearly exudes quite a bit more style than the previous one. I, I think they're going for their, you know, sort of trademark colors, trademark googly look. And yeah, maybe that's, I'm sure there's a why. reason. Yeah. That, that's my guess. I'm trying to remember. Do they make face plates for the nest doorbells the same way they do for all of the ring? Because, I mean, if you can buy other faceplates, then I don't care what the original one looks like. Yeah, the, you could buy faceplates for it. Let, let's just let's just break it down a little bit closer. So the doorbell is battery-powered. It'll last for three months. But you can plug it in uh, with existing a 24-volt transformer. Uh, I think it's a 16 to 24-volt transformer. So it's pretty easy to power. I've actually had no issues powering a Nest Hello for over two years I had I had some issues with my existing transformer with a ring doorbell, uh, the wired ones, but that was a previous generation. Right. There's, you know, it's it's 180 bucks, so it's not cheap, but it's cheaper than the previous Nest Hello. Um, and I think what Google's trying to do here, or what Nest's trying to do here, is basically just make this a lot more mainstream, a lot more accessible, minimal, so that it will be uh, just better able to compete with so many of the newer products on the market, mm-hmm. right? Not just, like in the last couple of years, it's not just Ring anymore that does video doorbells. Uh, like Eufy, that's owned by Anker, they do amazing stuff. You can get a decent wireless video doorbell for like a hundred bucks now from random Amazon companies that do a decent job. Uh, this local storage 
means that if your power goes out or your internet goes out, it'll continue to record, which is my biggest issue with my Nest Hello, right. is that occasionally it does lose access to my router and it will just stop recording because there's no local storage. Once that recording, once you get an internet connection again, it'll upload it to the cloud and there will be no cuts as long as you have a Nest Aware subscription. So that's really good. And I, I asked Google explicitly, is the camera quality better on the Nest doorbell than it is on the Nest Hello? And they kind of gave me this very googly answer by saying it's got a higher quality render through post-processing. So my guess is that the quality of the camera just st- like next to each other is actually not as good. But because it's got three extra years of Google's you know, processing abilities and a lot of it's done on device now, it will be better. It, it's better able to discern objects in the dark. It has better HDR support. It has a wilder, wider field of view, so it'll be able to capture more in the frame without distorting the edges. So those are things that Google said it, it heard from Nest Hello customers, um, which I'm excited about because I think that it'll address a lot of the issues I have with the Nest Hello. And yeah, I mean, it's a, it's, it looks like a pretty decent product. The Nest Cam, so there's three of them, Nick. There's the Nest Cam Indoor-Outdoor, which is battery-powered, but you can also plug it in with an optional wire. Right. There's the Nest Cam with floodlight, which is wired only, but it's a floodlight, so obviously you need that. And then there's the Nest Cam Indoor, which is, Google's very excited about this. It's a tiny little bitty thing. It's wired only, but it's 100 bucks. It's the first product that Nest has ever released for under $100, except for some of the accessories, which is wild to me because I, I forget how like Nest has always been this premium brand, but it really st- struck home. Like it really hit home just how much that was true when they were like, "Yeah, we're really excited to release our first product under a hundred dollars." I'm like, "Really? That's that's the first one." Uh, so yeah, I mean, these are all very like minimal products. I don't know if they're going to be like game changing, but. Yeah, they're 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 fine. They're they they do what they want. They they do what Google's setting out to do, and they're integrating nicely with with other Nest products. Uh, and obviously, they're only going to be available to use with the Google Home app because Google is abandoning the Nest app. Ironically, the wired indoor outdoor whatever. Uh, I think it's indoor it's only. It's indoor only I, for I, the I, wired I, one. It's indoor only. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the that's smaller one. On it. This is. This is maybe the game changer because I, I'm going to be honest, I can't recommend any of those Amazon wired indoor cameras. No. Because the next day you'll see on CNBC or something how a hacker was able to expose, you know, videos from 100,000 users and whatnot. That's not going to happen with Nest. I say that. It, it's not going to happen as easy with Nest. Uh, this would make a great baby monitor. This, I mean, th- this would be the only camera that I would even think about replacing my old Arlo local, completely local storage system with, because it's it's got Google, you know, protecting the service. Yeah, I mean, look, I I would agree with that. Except a couple of years ago, Nest and Ring were both yeah mm-hmm. caught. At, um, people were able to access Nest cameras because right. they weren't enforcing two-factor authentication. People were saying that they were hacked, but really it was just that poor password hygiene led to yes. randoms accessing 
video feeds now to a phase mandated on these nest products which sure. is that's good. why i walked that back a little bit <laughs> yeah right but it's it's true i mean google learned its lesson and that actually what what it did was it didn't just change the approach to factor within nest it changed it within google as a yep. company and i think the long-term implications of that have been really positive yeah, Nick, um, final thoughts on this. I mean, they're available next uh, at the end of this month. A couple of them are the Nest doorbell and the Nest cam yep, indoor, outdoor. Probably two most important ones. <laughs> yeah, I, w- what do you think? Like, are are these going to be able to compete well with Ring's? Pro- you, you, you've you used all of Ring's doorbells and, and accessories. Yes, cameras. I, I mean, for me, I, thus far, I have preferred Arlo's stuff if we're going to pick anybody because yeah. I really like that you know, people, animal, package, vehicle detection thing that they do, right? And this gives you that without having to have the subscription. So you're not really paying anymore for the product. You're not having to pay the subscription and you get those features. And those are things, by the way, Ring does not do. They don't have individual object detection. They just have motion detection. So that's that for me is what really makes a lot of these devices distinct right because i mean like you said you can get any old amazon brand and it can tell you when it detects motion or whatever but this thing like when i use an arlo camera or doorbell and it gives me a notification it literally tells me animal detected and it shows me a little thumbnail without me having to even open the notification with an outline of the thing like that that is what i want to use and this looks like it does it without having to pay for that subscription so to me, this is a game changer, and it's because of that. Right. And Google says that it's able to do that because it's moving more of the processing onto right. the device rather than outsourcing it to the cloud. Yeah, which is awesome. And then, of course, you know, on-device storage, battery-powered, et cetera. Like, those are, this is a phenomenal update to this entire line. We also have to talk quickly about the simplification of Nest security lineup, right? The company that put out the Nest Learning Thermostat third gen. Right. And then the Nest Learning Thermostat E now just has the Nest Thermostat. The Nest Hello has just become the Nest Doorbell. Right. There's a simplification here to its lineup. They're getting rid of the IQ line entirely and just going with Nest Cam Indoor-Outdoor or Nest Cam Indoor. There's a focus here that I really appreciate, especially when I go to Arlo's website and I look at all the cameras it offers. There's the Ultra, the Pro 3, the Essential, the Go, the Q, the Baby. Like there are so many variants of basically the same product. And then there's like wired and wireless versions. And it's really confusing to me to figure out how to spend money at Arlo or with Arlo. And I'm like, Nest just kind of has a better, and same with Ring, right? We were laughing about this earlier. Yeah. <laughs> Ring makes two two versions of its floodlight. One is the Plus and one is the Pro. And it's really tough to tell them apart. Right, and at, at that point you get, it's the Ring floodlight cam wired Pro or Plus or two Plus or two Pro. Like it's just too many words in there. I don't even, I literally have to look at the box every time I reference the thing. It's behind me, and it's I have wild. to turn around every single time and go, oh, yeah, it's that word, that word, and that word, in that order. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and that's, I think, what's going to be good about <laughs> this like, refocusing. Nest is doing it right. Yes, I totally agree. And I meant to mention that earlier, but yeah, it's like, because nobody knew what IQ meant. Like, what does that even mean? I don't even remember what that means in the difference. Like, one of them is 4K, I think, but other than that, what does it do differently that makes it like $400? <laughs> yeah. 
totally. All right. So these are coming, a couple of them are coming at the end of the month. Uh, the rest are coming sometime this year. We'll, we'll let you know. Uh, let's talk quickly about some of these Samsung rumors. We'll just lightning round them. You'll, there's a rumor that you'll be able to pick between Bixby and Google Assistant on the new Galaxy Watch 4 series. I was about to say, isn't that kind of a no-duh? I wouldn't say it's a no-duh because of how we've had to deal with this in the past. I mean, we should have expected it, but it's nice to see that this is rumored, and I really hope it comes true. Nobody wants yeah. Bixby. Well, I, I don't, because that means you're agreeing to Samsung's data collection services Whoa. on top of Google's. Uh, You'd be doing that anyway. I was anyway going to say, previous Galaxy Watches... You don't have to agree to Mobvoi collecting your data. This is true. Sure you because do. they don't. It's Google collecting your data. This is Google and Samsung, so I'll wait for another... I'm OS pretty sure Mobvoi has its own terms of service that allows them you to... You can opt out of some things, but not all slurp up plenty of, of your personal data. Um, but yeah, Jerry, for this one, it's going to be a matter of you're going to have to agree to Samsung's terms of service anyway, because I'm betting you're going to be logging into this with a Google account and a Samsung account. Yeah, yeah. Uh, see, I was hoping that they wouldn't go that far, but now I know they are. I'm just happy that Bixby is not... I'm just going to be happy if Bixby is not the default. For the love of God, put Google Assistant front and center. Mm-hmm. And and I don't want to. This isn't a Samsung problem and a Google problem. It's one or the other. Uh, I'm not saying Google is better than Samsung. I'm just saying you don't have. You shouldn't have to sell yourself twice. I mean, you don't. You can pick which one you want to sell your soul to. <laughs> Google's made that deal with the devil by getting yeah, in. No, you know, by by making Wear OS a Samsung product. Yep. Yep. So. I don't think you have a choice anymore. Probably lean harder on Google here. All right. Uh, there's a rumor that the Pixel, that the Watch 4 series will have week-long battery life, uh, which I don't believe yeah. <laughs> even close, but <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that's a nice, nice hope. Um, go- uh, the rumor points to the new very efficient 5 nanometer Exynos chip that will allow for um, longer standby times. But we are, which at this point is still just a rumor. This thing could launch with a different chip. I mean, yeah, yeah. that's true. I mean, all right. The Galaxy Buds two might have A and C. We knew this. I'm not sure why we're talking about it again. It'll almost certainly have uh, active noise cancellation. Some leak said it didn't. That's that's why. Believe it or yeah, not. Yeah, I was going to say the last couple of weeks had been going back and forth. Yeah, we'll see. The I think most interesting rumor of this week is that the the Fold and Flip 3 might actually be water resistant. So this is pointing to IPX8, according to Max Weinbach. That means it will be um, submergible in water, I believe, for up to one meter for an hour or half an hour. Half an hour, half yeah. An hour. yeah. It's, it's up to one meter for up to half an hour, so... Right. But it's X, water resistant, but don't don't take it scuba yeah. diving. The thing that the thing that's interesting about that is the X denotes that it is not certified for dust resistance, right? right. Which is the actual killer of foldable phones. Right. I yep. mean, so but well, with that hinge, it probably can't be. I'm not going to go too hard on Samsung. Yeah, for that. it's. Mm-hmm. I I bet the water certification was easier to do because it just okay. We need to make sure that everything that works is contained. But for the right. foldable, it's a matter of okay. 
in any degree of openness or closeness, we need to make sure that no dust can get in there. And Samson just went, that's impossible. Because it is. Physics. For now. For now. I sat through a 40-minute presentation from Lenovo about how insanely difficult it was to make a hinge that was dust-resistant on a mil-spec Chromebook. So I get it. It's really hard, and I'm not going to begrudge Samsung that one. Nah, they'll figure it out eventually, but probably not this generation. (laughs) And finally, on the rumor train this week, a bunch of case leaks for the Z Flip 3.2. Just <laughs> a wild number of of, of ways I to hold this thing, it. from keychains to knockoff. Um, uh, what, what are they called? Ara? Pop socket, pop sockets. Just just a wild array of, of colors and, and shapes I mean, here. Fantastic. I mean, look at that one. That's the navy and the orange, and it has like a luggage strap thing. And I'm like, why is it that long? Do you pull it and it opens the phone? Like, what is that? Yeah, I'm trying to figure out how that works. Samsung put a seatbelt on their flip phone. I don't get it. I don't know. You got to strap yourself in every time you use it. That's right. <laughs> but I mean, I'm That's not going to lie. It's going to be awkward the as hell. With the D- I'll tell you what. Go ahead. The, the, the one with like the key fob ring on mm-hmm. the back. That's a good idea because then you can like tether it to a buttonhole on your shirt or your jacket and you don't drop it and break that expensive Or phone. you tether it mm-hmm. to, uh, or you clip, uh, clip it to one of your belt loops. Yeah, I was about to say the same thing, Jerry. I'm like, okay, this is a very yeah. small phone that'll be easy to lose if it slips out of your pocket. I definitely see the value of putting a keychain on that thing. Yep. Yep, I thought that was really smart. When, that's the first thing I thought of when I saw it is, huh, that'd be a great way to make sure you don't drop it. Well, I guess... If it's going to be cheaper this year, then you might have some extra money for a few weird accessories. And finally, uh, in in non-phone news, but kind of phone news, Sprint is going to be, or T-Mobile is shutting down Sprint's old legacy 3G network next January, followed by its LTE network in June. So it's going to be refarming that existing spectrum for 5G, which it's been doing for a long time, but it's finally decommissioning its 3D CG, 3G CG, CDMA network. Uh, RIP, I guess. I mean, you. I don't know firsthand, well, but maybe you guys do. Sprint's 3G network was never very good. I mean, so, the 3G network was okay, but it depended on where you live. You either were going to have good signal with Sprint or you were going to have nothing. There was no in-between. Right. If it wasn't for Sprint, I never would have been able to have a cell phone until... T-Mobile finally put LTE in my area. Yeah, I, I feel like the general consensus is Sprint and good network don't go in the same sentence. But for, for the, the most, most part, part yeah, but rural connectivity is still one of those things of somebody has to be willing to build that and Sprint was in areas, right. which, which meant that they had a monopoly on mobile networks in that area because nobody else was willing to build that far. Yep. Do you know what this does mean, Daniel? My what? old BlackBerry curves are never going to work again. Come oh. Jerry. I'm sorry, man. So I won't have a phone to use out in the wood shop <laughs> or out when I'm fishing that I don't care if it falls in the water. The the trackball's not gunked up uh, yet on your 8100? Well, I've got like 45 trackballs in the drawer because you could order them in every different color. And yep. if I got all the spares, but it's not going to work anymore. Mm. with this is this the last cdma network that'll be shutting down in north america will it finally be dead i do believe verizon's is still yeah verizon's is still kicking isn't it 
It it has to be across the West. I was gonna say I thought Verizon was shutting down its three G network too because basically all of them are and they're like and they're telling people okay you need to upgrade by this point. Well, they oh December twenty twenty two. Yeah, they they are shutting it down, but it'll it'll be up a little bit longer. Ah. They they have to until, I mean, you've got somebody on a contract. What are you going to do? Give them a new phone? <laughs> they had to stop selling the contracts first, and then they can get rid of the mm. plan. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's not going to affect a lot of people. Everybody who's on Sprint three G has probably been nagged by T Mobile for the past year to get on to get a new phone. But, you know, it is the end of an era. Yes, so it is the end of a very frustrating era where you had to pick a phone based on the carrier because it's like, oh, does it ha- is it a CDMA phone? Then I don't need that. If Oh, is it only GSM? Okay, I need that instead. Like, thank you for LTE and 5G, meaning that portion of our lives is done. Although 5G is bringing it back a little bit. I'm going to have to go to eBay and buy an old, beat-up, cheap T-Mobile BlackBerry Curve. <laughs> Well, RIP and peace. All right, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about what's making us happy this week. Be right back. This episode of the Android Central Podcast is brought to you by Indeed. You remember 3G, right? Well, the speeds weren't great then and they're definitely not great now. Waiting months to hire the right person is like trying to get a video to load on 3G. You just can't deal with it anymore. So upgrade your hiring speed with Indeed Instant Match. When hiring gets hard, you need Indeed, the job site that makes hiring incredibly simple. Just attract, interview, and hire. In fact, with Indeed, you can do all of your hiring in one place, even interviewing. Don't just hope that your perfect candidate will find you. Indeed's hiring tools help you cut through the noise to hire faster and smarter. In fact, Indeed Instant Match provides a list of quality candidates whose resumes are on Indeed the moment you put a sponsored job up there. Indeed Instant Match immediately delivers quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your job description. And you can invite them to apply right away. And according to Indeed data, candidates you imply you invite are three times more likely to apply to your job than those who only see it in search alone. Plus, with Indeed Instant Match, Indeed data shows 90% of employers get quality candidates from Indeed's resume database as soon as they sponsor a job post. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. So join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash ACP. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash ACP. Indeed.com slash ACP offer valid through September 30th. Terms and conditions apply. Okay. Um, this is my favorite part of the show where Jerry gets to tell me about some wild and crazy thing that he's been up to this week. Jerry, why don't we start with you? What is making you happy? Uh, this, this is not wild nor crazy. It's a class dojo. It's something, I mean, I knew these kind of things existed, but it was my granddaughter's first day of school yesterday. And they do this class dojo thing. It's a service where it's kind of like, 
almost real-time communication between teachers and school administration with parents. And uh, I got to find out that uh, my granddaughter got an award for being helpful and for sportsmanship, you know, the kind of things they do in kindergarten. But it, I think it made me appreciate this kind of thing in a way that I never did before because it's the first time I've actually experienced it. And it's just really cool seeing, you know, a little pop-up notification that, you know, lets me know she got an award for helping a friend. Like, that was really cool. And, it, and maybe it's kind of dumb and maybe people expect something nerdy and tech and silly from me all the time. But man, this is just cool. No, I love this. We have a, a similar app for my daughter's daycare. And it's it's like the best part of my day. You get their report. Yeah. You get like a little like, you know, name did this or whatever. And uh, talk to her friends and sang a song. And it's yep. just, it's, then there's some photos and, and whatever. Yeah, and it's exactly. just such a nice and little gift at the end of each day. A note from the teacher letting the parents know how the first day went and that kind of stuff. That's just really cool. Yeah. And it democratizes that kind of communication because it could be available to anybody that the parents want to give it right. access to. Right. That's very cool. Thanks, Jerry. Uh, Nick, what's making you happy this week? We actually picked up a dwarf Japanese uh, maple, and I'm making a second garden with that as the centerpiece, which is fantastic because I can't get enough gardening outside of work hours. <laughs> I love it. Uh, and then, you know, uh, watching the Olympics has been pretty nice on YouTube TV. Um, we're not typically people who pay for TV, and it was kind of a pain in the butt to figure out how the heck NBC has this thing organized. But uh, for the most part, I've been pretty impressed with the the YouTube TV experience. Like literally going and saying record the Olympics gives me every DVR event I could ever want and didn't even know existed. So <laughs> that's amazing. That's been fantastic. What's your favorite sport to watch? Uh that's a really hard one to actually say. Is it typically it's been gymnastics, like uh, watching the way these guys like flip themselves 12 times above a bar and somehow catch themselves is insane. So, and there's been a lot of drama with that this year too. So, you know, it interesting entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. Although Simone Biles did win a bronze last yep, night. I saw that nice last night. That was awesome. And it's, it's been, it's been nice seeing all the positive support for her too. Like I, I know when mm -hmm. she first announced that I saw a bunch of people, you know, ragging on people who were ragging on her effectively. And I'm like, I, oh, I have, they're still doing it. I've not seen a single person say anything negative. Maybe I just am not in the right or the, maybe the wrong circles. <laughs> well, but the great thing is she went and won that bronze medal anyways, like a big middle finger. Yeah. Well, they, they can all stick so, it when they earn seven Olympic yep. medals. Maybe they can talk. I mean, the exactly. fact that she could get bronze <laughs> while it. still like recovering from that level of mental <laughs> block is impressive. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to see any of those people that are vocal about it go out and do the same thing. Yeah. Basically. So, Ara, what's making you happy uh, this week? I'm not proud of this, but I'm happy for home cleaning services because my apartment is a little Jeez. bit of a mess and my parents are showing up next week. So, like the guest bedroom and every, like the guest bedroom, guest bath have been fine, but I just want somebody to come in and do everything with a good cleaning once. 
because I get too busy and then it'll be like, okay, I'm I'm off today. I'm going to the park and I, oh, I'm working today. I don't want to do cleaning when I'm done with my work. So I just keep slacking and slacking on cleaning and I'm like, okay, this is my penance and also this is what I need. <sighs> so here's the key. You clean my house while I go to Disney World. No, nah, I got to stick around. <laughs> I want to be here while they're cleaning, but I, I do want my apartment clean. <laughs> Yeah, if you have too many Chromebooks, somebody could take. They're literally sitting in a pile. <laughs> I, I've been known to, like, my, my friend came and, and helped me do some electrical work over the weekend. And instead of paying him with money, I paid him with, uh, with headphones. <laughs> so, because it works out for everybody. Hey, nothing wrong why, with why that. Not? That's it. Exactly. Do I, have, I have so many headphones lying around that I don't, I don't use very regularly. So, might as well. There you go. And these are my the b- headphones I purchased. I'm not giving away review units just for disclosure. Um <laughs> All right, that's uh that's great. I I agree, Ara. Sometimes you just got to delegate. And I mean, it's also going to be busy here for the next month, so going and getting it cleaned once now means it'll be easier to keep it clean amid all the chaos that's about to unfold. Oh, you ain't going to keep it clean. It's too easy now. Now you've you had that first little taste. Well, I'm there's no Let need for you to worry Jerry. about it. No, I'm telling her to go for it. Embrace it. You don't have to keep it clean anymore. I'm going to need to keep the guest areas and the common areas clean no matter what, Jerry. I just might let the master bathroom well, uh, go clean, again. Clean yeah, clean doesn't, you know, equal clean, clean. You know oh, what I, I mean. I tidy all the time. Like, that's a never-ending right. battle. I can tidy my apartment in 10 minutes or less. I mean, actually, like that mopping mean up the under floors. the couch and that kind yeah, of no, stuff. It's, yeah, it's the, it's the mopping the floors. It's the sweeping everything. It's dusting. I never dust ever. And you never, and you never have to ever again. Embrace it. All right. Well, uh, what's making me happy this week is sort of in the same vein as Nick. I have taken to houseplants, and uh, it it came from like a. I've been terrible keeping houseplants alive over the years, and it was because I neglected them. I forgot to water them. I didn't fertilize. I didn't repot when they got... I just didn't do anything. I kind of waited until they died, and then I would maybe get a new one. But this year, I've been... um, My wife calls it nesting. I've been like trying to do more things that make me feel good and and constitute self-care. And one of them is houseplants. And I've been trying to make a concerted effort to learn uh, about the different varieties and and, and kind of buy ones that are complementary to the particular room and lighting and everything. But it it all came from a pothos plant, which is a really easy plant to grow. Um, that I let die earlier this year by repotting it in a in a pot that was too big and it got root rot and I took it out of the pot and it the rot the the uh, roots were literally black and I had to discard the entire thing but I before I threw it away I tried to propagate two of the nodes on the pothos and I cut them in the way that the YouTube video told me some of the a couple of the um the root rot had not gotten to all of the leaves yet. So there were still some that were in decent condition and the, the, their stems were in decent condition too. So now fast forward to a month later, I've had these two cuttings sitting in glasses of water and they are so healthy and they're regrowing roots. And it is the most amazing thing to wake up every morning and go over to these glasses of water and see 
a brand new plant essentially growing in front of my eyes every day that in a couple of weeks, I'm going to have roots long enough to repot. And I basically brought this plant back from the dead. And I am so proud of myself <laughs> for doing that because nature is amazing. And I'm amazing for not just throwing this thing away. And I just it makes me feel really good every morning to wake up and see like, oh, I did this thing. Nature is doing its thing. Light and water and soil and all these good things are doing their thing. And it's like, it's a very nice contrast to sitting in front of a computer all day and living in a digital world. So if you're not into houseplants yet, I highly encourage it. It's a very, um, it's a cathartic and I would Lucrative. say not, it's, it's not a destructive vice to get into. So uh, I, would, I would encourage you to, to do that if you're looking for a hobby. Daniel, are your pothos plants the marbled kind that have white in the green? No, I have. So I have a that. Yes, the one that I am trying to revive is. Um, but I, the, I got another one that's just like a golden pothos, which is like big, yeah. green, like really deep green. Yeah. But I've I've discovered since that there are like several varieties of uh -huh. pothos with variegations that are just beautiful. So I'm going to try to buy some. But if if you've got pothos that are marbled in water, just take you a thing of red food coloring and dump it down in the water and then come back and look at it the next day. It doesn't hurt the plant at all, and it's amazing. What, the leaves turn red? Do you see the red veins in the white parts? Oh, that's cool. You got me thinking, Jerry. Got me thinking. All right, well, that is our show for this week. Uh, you can find all of us at androidcentral.com. You can find Ara at our Wagco. You can find Jerry at GB Hill. You can find Nick at Guanatu. You can find me Make at Journey Dan. Make him change that name. Make him no, change no, that no, Twitter name. It. It's great. It's great. I can't pronounce uh, it. We will, we will be back next week with another episode talking all about Samsung's Galaxy Unpacked event. Until then, see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Later. Adios.